Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. All right, all right, all right, and welcome to another episode of Mobile Armor Radio, episode number 36, which is going to put us at the end of season three. Woo woo. Season three, seasons. episode 12. <laughs> yep. We go by seasons. Episode 36. Every, season three, episode 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, as always, I'm your host today, Chopper. I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. And uh, here we go into the jump ship. No, we're in the jump ship. You're going to the drop ship. Damn it, again! <laughs> Three, four, almost four seasons. <laughs> here we go into the drop ship. I'm not going to edit that out either. No, you should leave it because it's awesome. <laughs> Dropship landing. All right, and into the dropship. So we're going to see what we've been doing. Uh, I'm not going to say that this is going to be very long for me again, but I did do something. And that being said, Mr. Novak, on to you. Yeah, so... Um, last episode, listeners may recall, uh, I had worked on some, some dead zone striders, some little, little mechs for a 28 millimeter scale. And, uh, I had, uh, done them up in the, uh, in, in a fashion to kind of match the OAth MS team, uh, Gundams, um, in a, in a, just a fun way with a whole bunch of like bits box, uh, contraptions and whatnot. But it was 100% uh, Mantic pieces, which was a fun part. Well, the the evolution of that is I actually did get around to painting them. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I got to say, like, I'm really happy with how they turned out. I, I've got them often, like, set up next to uh, the original, like, Easy 8 one that I did. And... Uh, I think there's a, a combination of, of better paints being used and <laughs> uh, probably just general less wear and tear because that other one I've had for a couple of years now. Um, but uh, they look really sharp. I love. I really like how they turned out. That's good. They looked really good in the pictures. Yeah, I need to get some better pictures of them because like, I also drew like uh, – so I like I cobbled together like these shields – and uh, I don't think in the pictures that I took, you can see I did draw the 08 on the shields, um, which turned out really nice. I, I was really did you, happy. Did you use that. a Sharpie or a liner pen? I used, uh, I'm trying to remember, it, it's not officially a liner pen. I think it's just a fine tipped Sharpie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those um, work just as well for liner pens. FYI, hobbyists yeah. listening. <laughs> yeah, they're probably a third the cost too. Liner pens are expensive. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a fun thing. And then uh, recently, to to kind of follow up on that, is um, the within that that game space, uh, there's there's a new update for uh, beta rules for firefight, um, warpath firefight, which is a uh, kind of it's not a skirmish. It, it's like the next level up, it's it's a tabletop war game uh, played kind of on a four by four type scale, 
And we'll, we'll call it squad based, even though it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. Squad based is probably the best way to describe it. And um, but with that uh, came the need to uh, flesh out more of a, a force so I could actually field my Earth Defense Force, um, and uh, which are all painted up like uh, you know the Earth Federation from Gundam. Uh, so I came into a whole bunch of gcps minis which are kind of the the starship trooper looking dudes and uh i pretty much doubled the size of the force that i had uh with a lot more of the the special weapons um options available to me so uh i don't know i was talking to these guys ahead of time i'm going to probably be moving pretty soon uh so i'm not sure when the painting of them was actually going to take place uh, but I am looking forward to painting up my my uh, whole GCPS force to be, uh, you know, the Earth Federation from Mobile Suit Gundam. It's good. That'll be awesome for sure. Not enforcers. What was that? GCPS, not enforcers. Yep, yep. GCPS. Uh, not my, rebs. My, they don't have rebs in the firefight. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from what I hear, you can play. If you want to, you can play Rebs by using the GCPS rules. Proxying it, yeah. Yeah, no, that's just dumb. Yeah, but, especially uh, Firefight. I think Rebs should... I don't know about Warpaths, but for Firefight, for sure, there should be Reb forces, but we'll see. Yeah. It's not a, it's I, all beta so far, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's it's still beta. They they still might show up. It might be a while, um, but yeah. uh, I'd be really psyched to have an official Rebs list um, <laughs> in there. And, uh, I mean, uh, everyone always questions it, like, on, on Facebook. is like, the Rebs would, you know, they're, they're so disorganized. They, you can never have a standing, like, army of Rebs. And it's just that, like, Then there would, never, there would never be a turnover. I mean, look at Castro, the Kimaroos. I mean, Jesus, that's... Star the, Wars. That is, that's a, yeah. yeah. These are all different. I've, heard, I've seen those, those uh, reasonings, I think. That, then they're not Rebs. They're just... Gorillas, gorilla mm-hmm. war- not even there. There's yeah. just uh, groups of pirates, really. Yeah, the whole point of a rebellion—it's a rebellion army, not a, uh, not just a few desperate people. Yeah, yeah exactly. You guys get it. Yes, so, we're on your side, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, what I'm asking is you—you you know, just to to nudge, nudge, and and push a little harder for that on the mantic side. <laughs> Don't worry. But uh, uh, he'll just be that, talking about marauders the whole time. You, you'll never get yeah. a rev in there at all, <laughs> right? <laughs> the revs uh, are going to join the marauders, anyways. I, you know, I would that not be sense. opposed to that. Like, yeah, I, that, that's a good that's a good blend, actually. Um, the the marauders, the the orcs of the Mantic uh, Dead Zone franchise, but um, but that more or less wraps up my my modeling and hobbying for for the month though hopefully maybe not next month but the month after i'm going to be as i mentioned i'm going to be moving and one one of the perks of the place i'm going to be moving to is that it's going to have a space that uh, my wife and i will be designated the hobby area and so i'm going to have a lot more space to actually paint and and play and leave stuff set up exactly Though I have to worry about the cat, but we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> just don't let the cat down there. Well, the, well, or the, the cat is going to be down there, so she'll learn. But anyway, uh, set up, that's, set that's up a, a shock perimeter. 
around your hobby. <laughs> that, that's a wrap on mine. How about you, Rap? Uh, for me, mostly, I got my CavCon box finally. I'm in Canada. It takes a little longer. Pat got his last month. So I uh, got that, which I was excited. Got all my goodies. I got my CavCon cup. <laughs> and uh, But mostly, I got... Uh, it came with... Uh, well, it didn't come with this. I got this extra. But it, the uh, Mambas, which are like... Almost like... I don't know, ATVs kind of? Like Doom Buggies like, kind of? Yeah, they look like a cross between Hummers and Doom Buggies. Yeah. There's two of those in a pack. And uh, Kodiak, which is a, a amazing looking mech for... Uh, who, how do you say their name again, Pat? Almarithal. Yes. and uh, But the big showpiece was the dropship. It was the MDF dropship they were offering, the Badger, which is still available on their uh, webs- on, on Talon Games' website. Uh, yeah, so that dropship was huge, and it was daunting, so me and Pat decided to work on it together, and we, we uh, did a little, uh, Google Meet, and we sat on for, I don't know how long it, how long do you think it took us? Almost three hours. At least three hours, I would think, even, maybe even more. But, yeah. uh, it was, uh, the instructions are, they're, like, Ikea-like, where it's hard to tell what you're actually doing, and, uh... But it's huge. Well, you finally got it together, and this thing is gigantic. Yeah. It's about double the size I thought it would be. The instructions are helpful. I mean, uh, not to complain, but uh, I complain. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been nice to know which side the the detailed side would have gone. Uh, we had to refer to actual built pictures to kind of figure it out. But yeah, and uh, they do have, do have a YouTube video that's like ten and a half hours long. I don't know why it's so long, but it's uh, them doing the dropship. And you can skip ahead and find the part you're at and try to see what you're doing. But it also, uh, it, all every piece isn't individually numbered like you would be used to for like a Gundam kit or something. It's like sheets are numbered. So you're on the sheet. It's like a little game trying to find the piece. And like, is this the piece? It kind of looks like the piece. And we did it. It wasn't that like impossible. Between the two of us, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it took a good three hours. And uh, as, as far as an MDF kit, it went together fairly smoothly. Yeah, everything. The tolerances are great. I don't. There wasn't one time where usually MDF kits I fight to try to get things to fit, or you have to shave stuff off. I didn't find it at all. Had to shave anything off. It fit perfectly. No. I only yes. shaved one or two things, and it uh, that was just because I didn't want to keep pushing on it. No, I d- I didn't even have to. I found I didn't have to do that. It's it's beautiful, and I'd say it's it's almost. I think it's probably a foot and a half long, maybe even bigger than that. It's huge. It's about a foot and a half. Yeah. I was wondering because that the pictures look ginormous. I put a, yeah. a cav on top to show the scale, and the cav looks like a you know it looks smaller than like a light BattleTech mini, which is it's one the, of the size largest of a, calves. It's, yeah, it's the size of a TV tray because mine's sitting on a TV tray right now. <laughs> mine's and sitting uh, on a, a IKEA shelf, and it takes up the whole shelf. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you had yours on your keyboard shelf on your desk, right? Yeah, it kept falling off because <laughs> we're stupid. <laughs> I kept knocking my keyboard off actually. Yeah, wow. it was it was a lot to manhandle and put it together, but it, it was fun. I didn't What's the cost on that again? It's only eighty bucks, I think, right? Ninety, I think, but yeah, ninety bucks. Yeah, worth it for for MDF kits. MDF kits are usually yeah. Expensive. And if you're if you're looking for a dropship, this is a nice, fairly affordable it's, uh, alternative. But it's almost so or, big that it's you can't even use it as a dropship. Like it's it's. It's almost Not better. A piece better of just terrain. have the scenery. So you say <laughs> yeah. that, but I was thinking about what I would use this thing for, and I would definitely use it as as like a scenario thing where yeah. one guy plays the defender who's all set up, 
and then the attacker deploys from the dropship as he lands. And so, if you I could, that, I think that would make a good scenario for Battleship or Cav. I was just saying, like, uh, if you could get like some kind of standees to to like have it where it's flying over the terrain. It, it, it'd be pretty hard. This thing weighs a ton. <laughs> it is. It's pretty heavy. Uh, I mean, you could you could probably make something out of 3D print. Even that, I wouldn't trust it. I would think you'd have to buy, like, um, or one of those clear boxes you can buy, like, you know, those, yeah, like, what are they, PVC boxes that people put to use, to put plants on and stuff. You could use that, okay. I guess. But uh, I would see it more as, like, a centerpiece. You put it there and you defend the dropship. Like you're trading or something. You could do one or the other. I was just thinking about this the other day because I'm like, all right, now that I got this built, I'm going to get it painted uh, at some point in my life. <laughs> I'm so used to like map scale Battletech dropships, which are like, it's not true scale. It's like smaller scale. This thing is the size of a map. Like it's, it yeah. is probably true scale to maybe, I mean, I think it'd be one of the largest dropships in Battletech because it is huge. You could probably fit like, I don't know how many mechs inside of it I i'm mean, not sure how they work in cav but yeah. my definite goal is to probably do that run that scenario with it and see how that works out uh it is I'd have, uh, to, I'd have to decide i'd have to play a game and see if it's worth it to make the attacker even less but then we'd have to arm the dropship too and which you can because it does come with missile pods yeah and there's uh, <laughs> they also actually on their uh, on their store where you buy the dropship they also have files to 3d print the missiles for it so you can uh you can fill oh, wow. the pods with uh, missiles if you want, yeah. which I like better because anytime they if people try to do like MDF uh, round shapes like that, it's either it's either fiddly or it doesn't look right. I'm glad they're they're like yeah, you can accent it with a three uh, three part three D printed parts, which is cool. But it's exciting. It is a centerpiece of a collection, that's for sure. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I have no room for it, so you're going to hang it from the ceiling. I was going to say you're going to put an eyelet, <laughs> a couple eyelets in there, and some fishing string. Yeah, it is huge. It's like, it's like the old school uh, model kits used to hang from the ceilings. So yeah, other than that, that's all I've been doing. What about you, Pat? You got anything else? Uh, so other than you and I building the drop ship, I also did get got my Cavcon, but I think I got my Cavcon in the last episode. So uh, I just didn't get around to building the till you got yours i was kind of waiting because it would i felt it would be easier and better to build with someone so you can be like is this how this goes yeah blah, blah, for blah. sure bouncing off each other was very helpful because you'd be like i think it's this and i'm like oh, is it and then we look and they're like oh yeah i think that's it yeah yeah like it, if you're doing it yourself you would have screwed up a lot more i think we were i think so too and it would have taken us other. a way lot longer yeah we were like okay and then yeah one of us would get ahead and be look for the piece and be like okay this is the piece look for this piece on this sheet and you're like oh okay that's easier yeah, so that that was very very much helpful. So yeah, if you buy the dropship, have your friend buy one too and work on it together. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom. Uh, so something else that I got uh, that I haven't working on yet, but this might jump to the top of the list of things to get done. Uh, so a good friend of mine from Geek Nation Tours, uh, Terrace Cassidy. If you're not familiar with Geek Nation Tours, uh, check out the website. Just search Geek Nation Tours. He does these. Uh, Awesome uh, geek like tours. He went. He took a group to Vegas to do a Star Trek experience tour. He takes people to Japan to do a uh, samurai uh, Ronin tour. He does a Gen Con tour. He does an uh, Adepticon they, uh, tour. On their face or on their YouTube channel, just recently they were showing off their uh, Lake Geneva, going to all the original D and D 
Yes, that was their that was their uh, Gary Con tour he put together. Oh, and they cool. actually played games with uh, Gary Gygax's son, with Ernie, yep. which is pretty cool. He, he ran a game with them, yep. And a, a couple other guys that wrote a lot of the D&D modules back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. Like at so Gen Con, we've good... met those guys a few times on all the guides that go on their tours. And it's it's sounds like really fun what they yeah. everybody gets. Because they always have events for them. And like for working with Mantic, we've we've done a few demo games. I think, what would we demo? Star Saga when it first came out, I think, maybe? We Star Saga, we've done Hellboy, we've done a bunch of things. Because we go to, yeah. uh, we work closely with them a lot. So, and I've gotten to know Terrace throughout the, throughout the years. He's a good guy. And he's Canadian, uh, so he's even better. Yeah, he's even that makes him even that makes him even cooler. Uh, so if you're looking for a, a nice little getaway nerd trip, uh, I mean, even my wife was thinking like maybe we can do the Japan one. Uh, they're a, they're a bit of a, a bit of a money, but it's almost like almost all inclusive. Uh, yeah, it's curated too. Like it's be all the things that you would do, you would try to do yourself, but they have it all organized for you. So you're, of course you're going to yeah. be paying a little bit more. For and, he, and and knowing Terrace, he puts he puts together a lot of good things. And uh, over the years with working with Terrace, we see them the same guys over and over at Gen Con or Adepticon. So they must it, it must be a, a good trip. I mean, shouldn't say must be. I know it's a good trip for them to come. And we've seen uh, guys from Australia come to yeah, a lot a lot of times yeah. Gen Con two times in a row. So. Nice. Yeah, for a lot of those international guys, it's these kind of, like, I don't know how many of our listeners are from overseas, but it's a good deal because half the time you can't get hotel rooms for Gen Con. This, it, he arranges everything for you, so it's it, just for that alone. Like, we're lucky because we're working with a company and Pat gets to book stuff early, but if you were trying to go to Gen Con on your own, it is so hard to get any kind of accommodations anywhere near downtown, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Anyways, you never said uh, what he did for so you. The, yeah, so the segue was I just wanted to build I wanted to give him a good shout out because uh what he did was it was uh very nice and he didn't have to do it. Uh so I went out to go get my haircut today and I opened the door and there's this big bright yellow box on my doorstep. Um so to perfect this I play online D D with Terrace occasionally and then he had the big bot the big neo a Jean Gundam unicorn model kit, the 144 giant one that's about the size of a small baby <laughs> or a small girl. And we were talking about it, and he says, oh, yeah, I've had this thing now for six years, and I don't think I'm ever going to get to build it. I said, well, send it to me, and I'll put it together. He goes, I want that. He goes, that's kind of like my dream model kit. And he goes, oh, yeah? He goes, okay. And then I thought that was the end of the conversation. And then today, the box shows up on my doorstep. <laughs> wow. So, and it's not a cheap kit. Uh, this thing is ginormous. Uh, I've, it's always made my list of things, our Christmas episode that we always do, mm-hmm. of things we want, and it always makes my list. And there's a picture of it where a small Japanese girl is holding it, and the thing is ginormous. It's about the size of a her almost. <laughs> it is your whale. <laughs> your it is. Whale. So uh, just a, a nice little shout out to Terrace. Uh, I got to talk with him. I feel like I should at least pay for the shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Especially coming from Canada, it probably costs I, more to ship. I know, I know. I did. That's why I was like, "Oh my God, Terrence, you didn't have to do that." I mean, Canada shipping is is an entity unto itself. But uh, yeah, super nice of him. He's a super nice guy. So that's, yeah, that's so pretty cool. If you're now, things are starting to up. The the tour should start to happen. Uh, the great tours. I mean, he does a Lord of the Rings tour where they actually got to go hang out with Weta Workshop for a while too. So oh, Amazing. sweet. Yeah. And then we actually got to meet the Weather Workshop people at Gen Con. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah, you'll do great little things on his tours. Like, I mean, just like I said, just meeting what a workshop is, is in itself a, a trip in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. This isn't a paid advertisement. We're actually seriously <laughs> like. Yeah, no, let me be clear. Well, Not sort of, it ad- is a paid advertisement. It did give you a giant Gundam, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sponsorship, but I, I'm just giving you a nice shout out. So, uh, but I think that's going to, I think what I need to do is I need to just reorganize the basement because right now it's kind of uh, in shambles. Uh, that would screw up the whole idea of a, a of a dragon horde. It's, you're supposed to just lay on everything. It's supposed to be just. I remember the first time I went down there, I was just <laughs> walking by a random like table, and you had like the introductory box set for BattleTech just sitting there. I'm like, it, I don't think it was opened. I'm like, what's this doing here? He's like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that. <laughs> that is the, that is the definition of Pat's basement. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot I had that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, maybe that's why I need to reorganize it so I can remember what I have. I'm sure you've bought so many duplicates just because you forgot you had it. I, well, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> well, I think that's why I ended up with your uh, with your uh, Battlestar Galactica models. I think you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's why you, that's why you got a Mark II and a Raptor because I got I rebought them again because I forgot I had them. Yeah. <laughs> so I benefit from it. Although I do the same thing. I, there's some BattleTech books that I've given to Pat because I bought them and forgot I already owned them. So. It's the way it is. Uh, so yeah, so I think I need because this how big this model is. It's for, gonna force me to reorganize my little model building area, and I think I'm gonna make a constant effort to put this at the top of the line since I've been wanting this kit for such a long time. Cool. Yeah, you gotta take your That's time awesome. and savor it. Yeah, I mean it's it's the standard Bandai kit, so everything's pre-colored, so you quote unquote don't need to paint it. But I have a vision where I want to I want to use it. I want to kind of glaze it, candy apple, red. Uh, so I want to use a lot of transparents uh, over silver, different, in different grades of silver. Mix some metallic fleck into it, so it's got a nice, that look big, cool, look metallic. Yeah, I think what I'm gonna do is get some ghost paints for my airbrush. Get those auto body paints that have all the. Uh, Color yeah. flip. Well, the, the, the ghost tints. <laughs> yeah, the ghost tints are nice uh, by Minotaur. So the ones I got are kind of old now, I think. So I think I'm going to try and buy a new set. Uh, and plus that, oh Christ, I can't even remember the damn name of that paint now that does transparency that I used to paint what Iron Man. No, it was it was these are uh, acrylics hand paints. Um, but mm. that'll help me cover. So I guess what I'm going to do is. Um, do levels of different uh, chrome, silver, gunmetal kind of a thing. I like uh, the uh, Tamiya, Tamiya clears. Clear. They have all colors of clear. I like those ones. Yeah, I have, I have a bunch of those too. Yeah, and those those will also come into uh, into candy apple or candy whatever color. Doing those because you just do every layer you do gets a little deeper. It's really nice. On smooth surfaces. Mm. Oh, it's it's uh, proacral transparent paints is what I want. So there you go. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. So a little bit of ghost tints, proacral uh, transparent paints, and some of the Tamiya clears uh, to give it that real kind of like in the cartoon uh, in Unicorn that you get that kind of high gloss red on the Neo Zhang. So uh, yep, it's about it's yes. gonna look sweet. So yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. We'll, well, we'll hold you to it. I think uh, every month we'll be like, you, you finished that yet? <laughs> yeah, well, the original uh, Zhang that I built uh, way back in the day, that took how long did that take me? A week? Yeah, at least. Something I remember when like you were that. doing just the fingers. Like, yeah, I was, like, I was building something. Uh, yes, it's twice the size. Wow. 
That's yeah. big. I remember, yeah, you're building it, and you're like, oh, wait, this is the hand. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I was like, I go, what are these things I'm putting together? I don't even know what I'm doing. And I started putting together, I went, oh, these are the fingers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. So this one's even bigger, so that's pretty amazing. Because that yeah, thing's I'm, huge. The one you did already was huge. Yeah. It's got its own shelf, basically. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right, well, let's move on to the Comstar uh, and see what's happening there. Hey, you got it right. Message from Comstar. All right, at the Comstar, let's see what kind of books, RPGs, things like that we're rolling into. And let's start out with Mr. Harper. Uh, yeah, I got some news right off the bat. Uh, they're doing a new Transformers deck building game. Uh, they already have a, like a, I don't know if it's a CCG or LCG, but this is different. This can be, I uh, think it's a CCG because original. I've played it. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's random decks. I'm not even sure. They I, I don't even think they're making that anymore. If they are, they might be still making this. This is a different company, anyways. Making a uh, deck building game. If you don't know what a deck building game it is, uh, Marvel Legendary is deck building game, and you could play it co-op or or uh, solo, which is cool. And uh, so that's gonna be fun, Transformers. And since Hasbro's given out licenses, I can only hope for a GI Joe version. That would be awesome. <laughs> but I'm so excited about the, the Transformers one. So the TCG, I guess, is canceled. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess it was only been out for two years, and I think it's Titan Masters who made it uh, announced the final expansion last year. So it's it's been dead now for a year. Gotcha. Uh, I know our buddies over at uh, at um, uh, Family Gamers they played the uh, the CCG or the TCG, I guess. But uh, they said it was fun. But yeah, I, I played it once be, or twice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little much to get into. That was the only problem for me. Yeah, well, I just, you know, it's anything that says collectible card games stops me in my tracks right away. Hey. Yeah, have, uh, we, have we all kind of been there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I've been there. I've stayed there. Uh, um, but that's not to say I won't play. If someone has it, I will play it. But I will not be buying any of that stuff. Yeah, the uh, back in the day, uh, Magic... That just killed me. I sold my uh, X Men comics to buy magic cards, and when I was a kid, and ever since then, I've, I've regretted it. So, anything CCG, it just I'm against it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm excited about this though because it is just uh, comes out in box sets and like like Legendary, where you can just buy the ones you want. Like there's tons yeah. of Legendary box sets I just don't have. I have a few, and it and it doesn't give one sider the the. The advantage, like in a TCG or CCG, however you want to call it. I guess CCGs is that trademarked by Magic? Yeah, Inc.? probably. Yeah, I know tapping. You're not allowed to tap things. You have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to like rotate because they have, they own certain words. Trademark. Yeah, yeah. It's Heck uh, of a drag. the uh, although uh, Wizards of the Coast did the original one, so it that is Magic. So they they already did that to TCG. The new one's by Renegade Game Studios, anyways. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited for that. The next thing is uh, Strato Minis is a smallish company. They've been doing a lot, a lot of uh, alternative sculpts for Battletech, like a lot, a lot of the original Unseen. Strato Minis had their own versions of them for a long time. And now they're offering those minis as uh, STLs. They're selling STLs of those, so that's pretty cool. That they realize, hey, we could just sell the STLs too. And you can print them yourself. We've we've made our time, paid back our uh, cost of, of sculpting these things. So might as well, might as well keep the uh, 
their IPs going by selling the the uh, 3D files, which is cool. But uh, if you're not in, the unseen for BattleTech or uh, the Macross slash Robotech minis, a lot of them. I think some were from Doug Ram and stuff too. But generally, it's the ones that uh, back in the day FASA got tricked into yeah. thinking they bought the uh, rights to and didn't actually have the rights to. So uh, Stratomini's <laughs> was one of the original Ram. doing those. What's that, Pat? Is the Battle Masters of Doug Ram? Yes. Yeah. What and uh, yeah. So a few of them are different. Yeah. But they. Uh, yeah. So they're doing the print your own. And uh, that's cool. Uh, anything that's a is a legal way to 3D print things, I'm all for. So it's uh, cool for them to do it. All the links for all this is going to be in the show notes too, if anybody's interested. Uh, this one's for Pat. Ultraman is getting a uh, CGI animated movie on Netflix. So I'm excited, man! It's a more of the. It's not like the show. What was the Ultraman show called? I forget. It, had, it was just a continuation of his, uh, it's basically Ultraman's kid. Yeah, this one is more the classic original Ultraman, so. I think it's this the original storyline where it, yeah. where the alien crashes into the pilot guy and then merges into him to save his life. But it's uh, going to be fun, Ultraman. I've not, I haven't watched the other show yet, but I, I'm excited to. I just love Ultraman. <laughs> We need to bring Ultraman. We need to bring Ultraman into the Godzilla movies next. Yeah, it would fit pretty well. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. They did a live action uh, Ultraman in Japan, didn't they? Well, that's how it was. It was live action to begin. No, I mean, like a movie, a newer movie. I I don't know if they did it. I don't know if it uh, came it out. Never or not. came out. Yeah. I don't because I was looking for it and I can't find it. Yeah, maybe it never came out. Especially with this year, everything's this last year too. So everything got screwed up. So if it was supposed to come out in 2020, who knows? Right. Uh, another thing, Netflix. Netflix is becoming the home of mechs, which is pretty cool. Uh, they uh, announced a show called Mech Cadets, but it's based on the uh, comic book Mech Cadet U, which was really fun. I read it back in the day. Well, not that long ago, probably five years ago. And it's uh, it's about a kid who's a janitor, and uh, the the world is getting attacked by these monsters, and there's these, these other mechs come. It's kind of like Ultraman. They come and uh, join with mech pilots, and they kind of have a symbiose and this uh this janitor gets uh stuck with a mech and everybody's against him but he has to become a cadet and so he's it's uh, about him trying to he's kind of looked down upon because he was just a janitor and uh it's fun he it's uh all about a ragtag group of kids trying to stop an alien invasion what more do you want i more ask you mechs. what more more mechs more mechs yeah so netflix more. It's all about the mechs. And the only other thing for Netflix. me... Netflix. Netflix, yeah. The only other thing for me uh, on Netflix, once again, is uh, Season 2 of Love, Death, and Robots came out. Not any really mech that I can remember episodes. I haven't, star- I haven't started that one yet. Gotcha. There's, it's the... the from, from the first season to the second season, and just in general, some of the animation in this show is... I couldn't tell it was not real at points. The, the uncanny yeah. value was passed. I was just like... Is this real? Wait, is that an actor? Oh, wait, no. There's like just once in a blue moon, you'd see like, oh, okay, I can, the Uncanny Valley's a little bit there, but there was times where I just could not tell the difference. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I also uh, got around to checking it out. Surprise. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed there wasn't as many mechs no. uh, and mech battles in it. There are still robots, to be yes. sure. But, um, but no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, 
the the show itself was very like visually just stunning uh, to look at. Uh, the episodes were did feel a little shorter. I know there was only yeah. is there eight episodes? I think there's eight episodes, but they're only like twenty minutes each. So I, I think they're actually only like fifteen. Yeah, maybe uh, twenty minutes with the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty short, so you can cut through it pretty quick. Yeah, I watch uh, it tonight. Yeah, the whole the whole thing is almost like an hour. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out. But um, I know those that really enjoyed some of the mech, the mech battles and stuff that we saw in the first season, uh, not as much of that this time around. Yeah, but uh, there was a few times like there's some stuff. That I think there's one point in a uh, car drives up and I'm like that looks like a real car, but you're used to kind of <laughs> like real like uh, solid objects being easier to 3D because hell half the Marvel movies are fake like it's not really there and you don't right. know, ever notice. But it's the point there was one episode especially that the character looked real like it, when they first show him I'm like oh that's an actor it's, is this one going to be live actors with CGI mixed in or what? And then I realized, oh, wait, no, that is a CGI character. I was like, holy crap. Like, it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. My favorite episode was uh, The Tall Grass, but that's because it's very Cthulhu, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. So that's another that's another of my loves outside of Mech is H.P. Lovecraft. So That's another one very unique art style from yeah. that one. Like, it, it was a weird kind of... Uh, Cell shade is not the right word because it was definitely it was definitely three D, but it looked like a painting. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting style. Like that's the thing. Like a lot of them all are photorealistic. A lot of them are artistic or yeah, mm-hmm. interpret interpretistic. Interpret. I can't even speak anymore. But anyway, interpretistic. It's uh, season two. Love, death, and robots. It's good stuff. Check it out. Anyways, uh, Pat, what have you been doing? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Not even a book? Or a comic? No, I didn't even read a comic book, actually. Uh, I think we read uh, Trial of Ultraman. I forgot about that. That was last time, though. Was it? Yeah, I maybe think it so. Because I literally didn't open it. And, and the only defense I have is that we've been doing, it's gotten warmer, and we've been doing outside home improvement. Mm. Damn homes taking up real time. So. Young, we got new doors in the house. We got new porch lamp. We got new uh, curb numbers. So none of these are mechs, so uh, <laughs> they don't apply. <laughs> uh, a lot of yard work. Uh, I'm trying to even think. Did I watch anything on Netflix? See, I didn't even get to to start the uh, Love, Death, and Robot thing. I just finished Invincible. I just finished. I just started Jupiter Legacy. Legacy, yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of good stuff on Netflix and uh, Prime lately. Like they've a lot of shows coming out. For some mm-hmm. reason, it's weather's getting warmer and there's no more shows coming. Oh, out. It's like, this is supposed to be winter tactical, shows. The tactical for Redline. Oh yeah, the TRO. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the hangar. Yeah. So I mean, I read that. I think that's the last <laughs> mech thing I read. <laughs> the tech, the technical readout for Redline. Uh, which was great. Was, I thought it was really, really well put together. Uh, if any of you guys have read it yet, uh, uh, it's things like these things. And I know we've harped upon this in the past about fluff and really getting us to be immersed in that in that world. Uh, Cav was able to do it. Battletech's able to do it. And I think Redline is heading in the right direction with getting you immersed in the world with that technical readout. Uh, there's short little snippets that they've been putting out. Uh, they put out a short story too, didn't they? Yep. During the kickstart. 
Uh, I seem to remember it was really good. Um, so uh, mech related, I think the TR was the last thing I read, and it uh, really uh, kind of puts you into a mind of where you want to go with how you want to play this card game or what kind of forces you want to put together. So yeah, because you see the mechs with the description of them and kind of looks a little history and one of the, some of their pilots and it's, it really is a fleshed out world. It's pretty cool. But once again, we'll be talking about that in the hangar, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I think, uh, for me, that's all I did. Um, no excuse other than I suck. <laughs> well, uh, Brian, what do you got? Um, well, I've, uh, a lot of the same of, of, uh, last month, though I have been making an effort to, start making a dent in my Netflix queue of at least for the shows that my wife has no interest in. And, uh, um, so I've, I've continued to pick away at uh, front mission three, just kind of pop it on every, every now and then, uh, just kind of a fun little like half hour battle goes by and then take a break. But, uh, I'm at a boss fight that I, I didn't play before. And, uh, kind of got the floor wiped with me the first time I played it. So uh, definitely got to rethink the strategy there. Um, but then I've I've been making a big push to get through uh, 13 Sentinels. And I'm really digging that game. Um, as I kind of mentioned last time, like it's a big part is you're, you're following, you know, pretty much 13 characters who are all kind of on their own little, like the, it's a, it's, multiple timelines because there's this like looping effect and uh, they take place in different eras. Like there's 1945, 1985 and it's like 40 year increments. So the next one would be like 20, what would it be? 20. <laughs> it'd be <laughs> 40 year increments. Oh, 40 to 2025 then. 2025. Um, I can't math. Math is hard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm uh, so like I think I mentioned before like the game kind of takes place in in two different play styles too. So one is kind of this side scrollery visual novel kind of game where you're you're going through it as these different characters and you're kind of uncovering the story um, as you go. And then another part is kind of a not quite a tower defense game, but it is like, okay, there's waves and waves of of these giant uh, mechanical monsters attacking you and you have to defend this main thing by controlling your little real robots. Um, And it's it's cleverly done because like you have like even for those parts, like you have your cast of 13 characters and they all have different loadouts and, and mechs that have different abilities and whatnot. And you can't, uh, like you can only use each person like two times before they have to take a breather kind of thing. So like you, there's a little bit of management where you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to bring this guy, this one, this, this guy can come this time. Cause next time he'll be in cooldown, but the other one is, will be refreshed by then. Um, and the, the story itself is really, it, it's tricky to follow at times. Cause like I said, like there's 13 characters, they're all kind of heroes in their own story. <laughs> 
and um, they're all kind of they all kind of come at the 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 scenario in different ways, and um, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, I shouldn't use interesting because it's kind of a weird adjective, but like the 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 way the the characters um, interact with one one in one another, uh, especially throughout this looping process and and things that are happening to certain characters that there's a lot of like backstabbing and betrayal and is this person bad or are they not like there's a lot of um, um what's what's the the term for it um unreliable narrators mm. at play and it makes for really really uh compelling stories so uh definitely check that one out if you guys if if you are into kind of you kind of have to be in that visual novel kind of scene like it's not just straight up combat it's it's a lot of like okay i'm gonna wander around the schoolyard and find people to talk to um for a good chunk of the game but um it's good stuff if if that interests you definitely check it out cool and then i think that that pretty much covers a lot of the mech stuff uh i I've been in the process of packing, but I did manage to keep uh, Full Metal Panic Victory out of the box so far. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and see if I can fit that in uh, just in uh, my day <laughs> and try to catch that up. But um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, been been busy. But I, I'm, I'm excited for I, uh, 13 Sentinels to wrap up. I'm, I'm got characters like their their stories are wrapping up and it's like okay this character is set they're ready for the final battle um and so it's it's a lot like it so it's vanillaware is the company i realized i never mentioned them by name before um but they did like odin sphere which was similar kind of thing where it's it's you you were playing through as like six different characters in this story where they like throughout it at different times, the characters are interacting with one another. Sometimes they're villains, sometimes they're heroes. Um, but it's all leading up to, uh, in, in Odin sphere in particular was like the events of Ragnarok, right? So it's, you're, you're bringing everybody's story up to, you know, the end of days kind of thing. So they're doing a pretty good job of that with this game as well. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like fun. You're playing on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. To check it out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Definitely. So, um, all right. I guess then we should head on into the Mech Bay Hangar where we have a very special guest. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Dead Zone the Podcast. And you're listening to Mobile Armor Radio. Now entering the Mech Bay Hangar. All right, and welcome to the Mech Bay Hangar. Today we have a very special guest. We have uh, Cameron Duker from Saving Throw Studios, who is making the Red Line Tactical Card Game that uh, kickstarted spectacularly. Spectacularly is that a word? <laughs> yes. Spectacularly. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, how how you doing, Cameron? How are things going? Hey guys, I am doing good. Super busy, and um, uh, just wanted to. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to come back on here and uh, pimp uh, Redline again. It's kind of funny 
uh, you guys were the very first podcast that I ever went on to like share the game. <laughs> and now it's almost a year. And as we get ready to grow and expand the game, it's, it's only fitting I'm back. Uh, yeah. with mobile armor radio to uh, talk about the next chapter so i'm glad yeah we're very excited for this game still so <laughs> it's been a long time but that's good well you know <laughs> covid and kickstarters you know yeah. I, I just i learned to wait <laughs> last year I mean, especially was not a year it uh, was the year that never happens so everything's delayed oh everywhere God. we're still dealing with it for real yeah so um uh, so what's going on with the Kickstarter, I guess? <laughs> so just maybe to recap quickly, like, like people are like, who is this guy and what are you <laughs> talking about? So uh, Redline is a uh, expandable sci-fi card game that we kickstarted successfully uh, last fall. It's, um, it's kind of a mix of like card games like a Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone, right? It's got those card game mechanics, but it's um, it's blended with like tabletop wargaming. So it's really like tabletop battle tech if you were to kind of play with cards. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's actually really cool. And we put a lot of work into the Kickstarter last year, and we did fund. And uh, we funded last September. And basically ever since then, it's just kind of learning the process and working with our factory in China back and forth, sending proofs over and files, just getting the game right and getting it ready. And, uh, it's uh, may 25th, I think as we record, well, it's, it's, it's late in may. We should have shipped by now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, you know, you're not, the, you're not the only one out there right now. So <laughs> we, we would have, uh, COVID messed up shipping a little bit when it comes to overseas but uh, it also um, the ship we had, I just found out uh, had it, it broke. It's been broken oh, for geez. like three weeks. <laughs> it, it disappeared. It just like I'd be like, "Where are we at?" And I would get answers like, "We don't know." The ship kind of disappeared. Oh, You're lucky it didn't uh, sink. That's all. <laughs> the Somali pirates got him, <laughs> or get stuck in canals, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, a new one got chartered, and it should be here shortly. So if not for a broken ship. Uh, we probably would be shipping it like right now, but uh, just a couple of weeks delay. So that's well, better that's than uh, I think there's another ship just re- yesterday. I think was showing they showed a cargo ship on fire. No, a- <laughs> <laughs> it's like it could be worse. Don't put that. Don't uh, put that in his head. I'm not. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't I'm, yours. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I agree. I'm gonna check it right after we get done recording. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so a lot of the time was kind of just spent after because we funded last September and I, I think May was our shipment date is what we aimed for. And like I said, just getting everything ready and it's our first time, first time Kickstarter and, you know, learn that process. It just took a long time, which we knew, um, but still a little disappointed we didn't quite make, uh, our May date, but, uh, you know, it's a couple weeks late and we'll live. Yeah. But. I was just going to say, I I got a Kickstarter the other day that was seven years late, so I think you're doing okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. And I I just, first time out, you know, you want to have a good impression and you want to, you want to, you know, come out swinging and stuff like that. But that time that, you know, we weren't sitting on our hands. We've actually been using that time uh, to just as excitedly announce that we have our first expansion literally right around the corner uh so we've been working on that this whole time and uh it's pretty much done <laughs> like last time we kick-started we had about maybe 70 percent of the game finished right uh yeah. and you know 
kickstarting would allow us to, to kind of complete it fully and get it made. Uh, but our new expansion is called Redline Siege. And like I said, it's it's about all the way done already. Uh, well, so we're way ahead of the game on this. So that's really cool. And uh, like I said, just been working on it, working on it, but waiting. Uh, but finally, we get a chance to kind of share it and share it with your listeners now, kind of, you know, talk about the game, but also, you know, what, what the new expansion brings. Cool. And uh, it's going to be uh, back on Kickstarter for the expansion, or are you going to do it separately? So we're going to do a Kickstarter again, because uh, Kickstarter really is such a great platform for people like us yeah. who are small and, and still new. Um, you know, if you put in the work and, and you put a good product up there, uh, there's just so much opportunity out there. So, yeah, Kickstarter is still a, a, a great thing for us to do. Uh, it's two new decks. So it, Red Line's an expandable card game, right? And one of the um, uh, criti- not a criticism, but feedback we got last time when we originally kickstarted is it was an expandable card game, but we didn't have any like extra cards, <laughs> right? <laughs> we weren't sure what the reception was going to be. Yeah, and like from day one, yeah, backers like, we want yeah. more cards. And they're like, oh, <laughs> so we like scrambled at the end and we offered what was called the upgrade pack, which was like 12 special alternate art cards that kind of missed the cut from the course that we really wanted to print them, but there's only so much room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a chance to kind of give a preview of what we had in mind for future expansions and give our backers. And it, we ended up doing it for free. Um, so that's going to come with every uh, core set that comes from the first Kickstarter. But, uh, you know, we want to grow on that. And so the expansion is going to have two new 60 card decks, new mechanics, new generals, uh, new Afrites, it's just more of everything, and and finally give you know you know players a chance to really, as we intended, uh, you know grow a collection, build their decks, and 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 customize them. So that's really exciting. Cool. That's yeah. uh that's yeah the beauty of the deck building games is to switch cards out and play with different uh, Afrites, especially with the uh, all the variety you guys already have. It'll be fun to. I'm sure there's more in the new decks. Yeah, so we got, like, again, um, our artist is a guy named Steven Huda, who actually worked for, like, Catalyst and Ironwind Metals. Uh, if you go on our website, <coughs> redlinegame.com, uh, you'll see, like, our, you know, our freets look legit. Like, they got, you know, that aesthetic to them. They're big, they're bulky, they look they look really cool. Uh, and so he made a whole other round of new ones, uh, which, you know, really excited to share with players. Uh, last time we did offer miniatures uh, of them through the Kickstarter, and uh, we got a new round of minis coming around uh, as awesome. well. Oh, um, even better! Th- those went over really, really well, and um, you know that's he, uh, Huda likes to do that for fun, <laughs> so he's always looking for an excuse to make miniatures, and so uh, yeah, it's they're really, really cool, and they look so good. Yeah, Pat, you were saying how much you love the TRO. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just you know I was looking at it again today. As a matter of fact, just. Uh, the, the TRO, I think, is uh, a nice way to really envision these defeats and what you're going to be getting and how you'll be playing them. And it kind of gives you a what I was saying about we were talking about this the other day, and uh, it kind of gives me an idea on how you, you want to kind of play your defeats, how you want to build your little forces together like that. So uh, totally, uh, I totally forgot. Yeah, <laughs> in the while we've been waiting for production, we actually made a an, a free ebook. Uh, the Redline Digital Readout. You know, being old school Battletech player, you know, as a kid, you just grow. You know, 
you just read those technical readouts over and over until they, you know the cover comes off. It was just, you know, the the lore and the world behind BattleTech is 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 great, and that was a big inspiration for us. So from the beginning of Redline, we wanted to you know build our own world and making our own version of a technical readout. I think ours is the, called the digital readout, mm-hmm. uh, but was a, a really good opportunity to kind of pay homage a little bit and 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 you know have fun or something that I enjoyed as a kid, but to, you know, grow the world of red line. And like you said, um, give some history and all of the Afrites and their backgrounds. And yeah, you're right. If, if you read between the lines, there's, there's some stuff in there on, you know, how they play in the game. And, uh, you know, there's a, it's, it's kind of interwoven very nicely. So that was fun to make. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, and what I even liked about it when I first opened it was that you put a little timeline in it. Which kind of hooks me even a little more, and I'm like, oh wow, they got this little timeline. You can kind of put these stories into it. You can do this, you know. Uh, gives gives context it, to where the world works. Like, yeah, definitely. That's why I do yeah, read it, your Twitter too, is because uh, every time anything in the real world just lines up with the uh, <laughs> what's happening in your uh, fluff, you're like, hey, it's happening. <laughs> so I wrote that probably back when Redline was originally like a mobile game back in 2016. We don't need to go there. I don't want to go there. Um, but that was like the whole point was to kind of I think Redline takes place in the year 2060, which is not that far away, right? And so the whole idea was to you know kind of envision you know what. Imagine we have these fantastic, like walking Afrites, our, our mechs. How how did that happen? How do, how does the world get to that place? Technology is advancing so fast these days. It might be possible in forty years we actually have something like that the way we're going, right? And so, true. having it be very, you know, even though there's some fantastic elements, really trying to ground it in the in the current modern day is a big part. And so, a big part of the game is the factions we have and there's the Russia Chinese faction and they are kind of exiled on Mars. But if you, like you said, you pay attention to the news these days, China just landed a, uh, their own lander on Mars. And I think China and Russia signed an agreement to team up to make a moon base. <laughs> uh, so there's this running joke we have in the community. Is it real or red line uh, when it comes <laughs> to these stories in the news? Cause it's kind of like it, we're seeing the game kind of take place before our eyes and, well, it ends in war, so hopefully it doesn't follow exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it always ends in war. That's just the way it goes. But yeah, yeah the readout does uh, give you a lot of background and everything, too. Like, I loved reading, how, like Pat was saying, how everything came to be, and and it kind of puts everything into perspective for me. Like, you, you're kind of like, okay. And then at first I was like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm the uh, Earth, Earth government for sure. But then reading some of the stuff, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go uh, with the Russians <laughs> and the Chinese. But yeah, it's pretty I'm, cool. That's I'm glad because we again we put a lot of work into not just making the game obviously and making the game play cool and have it be fun and, and deep, but really the world building has been ingrained from the beginning. Like we had an idea of what we wanted Redline to be, and the cards are a way to express that. You know, they got flavor text, and we have recurring characters, and those characters are, are mentioned in the in the readout and just again we're just trying to build layers uh with the game so it's just not a card game but there's there's a really a a whole world and backstory behind it and it's been super fun to do it that way and you did your uh you did a short story too which was once again get you into the world and how the the uh actually fight which i I liked a lot too 
Yeah, again, again, battle. It just goes, you know, as a kid, heavy influence reading those source books and technical readouts, and the internet gives us an opportunity to to do that. Now we don't got to write a whole novel, um, but we can do little short stories, and we're looking at doing some more of those. Uh, I've had some people propose some red redline novels already. Um, so I can't say anything right now because nothing is concrete, but there's a lot of irons in the fire to try and slowly, but you know, build something here. So it's, there's a car game at the core, but there's other things around it. You can enjoy. Yeah. Rich world. Uh. Like you've, you've built it rich world pretty quickly. And I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. I used to be a amateur screenwriter. So I'm going to blame that on, on that. background. (laughs) It's, I can't help but tell stories. Well, you, you tell stories correctly, too. Like, a lot of people think they know, like, it's fan fiction, and you think they're telling a good story, but you actually know how to set it up. It, you can tell there is some uh, writing in the background there. Spent a lot of time writing a lot of bad scripts. <laughs> so, <laughs> it helps. Um, but, yeah, the new set is really cool. It's, uh, it's more of the same, so it's still the same two factions. There's the United Nations of Earth, and there's the Mars Crimson Pact of Mars is what we call it. Uh, a, a cool thing I can maybe spoil right now is that the um, so the game is set up with um, regular card games you might play is like trench warfare, right? You're you're going in one direction back and forth at the same time, and that's fine. But Redline is like Blitzkrieg because we have a random map. There's an actual map deck, a mission deck. So every game you play on, there's different objectives to secure, and you can actually plan maneuvers when you make your attacks, right? combat's also simultaneous but you can go left or right and flank and ambush uh and so the missions are uh, is what really makes the game kind of stand out and be unique but now there's a way to kind of once you've taken missions with the new set you can actually start to fortify them and build upon them um to make it a little easier to defend but also open up new abilities uh to make your opponent uh unhappy with you Mm -hmm. uh and so again just being able to you know new mechanics in the game give people more deck building options. Uh, but really, you know, final, the first game was really about making that foundation. You got so many ideas when you're making a game, you know, as you might know, like you want to put everything in at once, but you really got to pump the brakes and you got to be careful not to do too much too fast. And so finally the, uh, siege is giving us a chance to really kind of, once you set the table, let's put a good meal on the table and, and, uh, have players enjoy that terrible analogy but actually i thought it was really good like i said i'm an amateur screenwriter so So do you feel like in future expansions you'll continue to build on the 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 u.s and the chinese russian factions or you feel like you'll bring in new factions that you've made up or even continue with like the the brimia so yeah okay so this this man has read his story. So there's another faction in the game who kind of made all of this fantastic technology. Uh, it's the Brazil India Middle Eastern Alliance. Uh, they had a, they disappeared, so they're gone. Um, and again, um, they're not coming back anytime soon. I didn't say they're not coming back. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but no, we and and I've mentioned this before, so it's not like brand new news. But we do have plans to introduce a uh, mercenary faction. Uh, down the road and then like an uh, industrial faction as well oh. uh, with different freets and again different play styles uh, but uh, you know we do want to expand from the two factions again it's just a matter of 
timing and the game is still super, super young. So we don't want to go too big, too fast. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely room to grow. And we've kind of hinted at it in the lore a little bit that, you know, there's these big, powerful companies out there and they have a say in things and there's mercenary and, and pirates that exist as well. Um, so the, they're coming uh, when I can't say, but we definitely, we, we, we have a good idea of, of what they'll be. It's just, when do they show up? Well, so far you've set it up. Uh, you're doing an expansion a year. Are you going to keep up that rate? <laughs> so I shouldn't say, I don't know. So the new expansion is done, right? And this was a big thing. We wanted to make sure it was finished already so our kickstarter is going to start we're aiming for mid-july right uh so very very soon again once of course that's delivery we want to give players a chance to to really get new cards quickly we don't want them to wait a year because that kind of sucks um so our goal and we're still working on it but it's a kick if the kickstarter funds not going to take it for granted but our goal will be able to get this like product made printed shipped in like two months three months max so um and that's the pace we'd like to establish going forward like a real quick turnaround because we spent so much time laying a foundation in this past year trying to get connections and our systems in place and that first time we're doing everything the first time you know making a game from scratch it's a lot of work uh but you know the, the the benefit is now we have everything in place that we can do things a lot faster and so we'd like to maybe do two expansions a year nice yeah that'd um, be great. again you know it's an expandable card game and we mean that it's not like when we feel like it like you know that's a promise we want to keep to our our players and backers is that keep making new content so you can actually invest in this game and feel good about it that it's still going to be there later on if you still want to play with keep growing and getting bigger and you've made those relationships with uh you're getting it's printed in china so the game's made in china so just working with that factory and learning what they need from us and yeah, how to make a, things faster uh building relationships that built. yeah that's it takes a for, while to get for, that built up eh? we got lucky we found a pretty good company right away and so they've been very very helpful with all the all the questions i have uh building up our art team uh haven't even mentioned but go on the website (laughs) redlinegame.com we got really good art i just gotta i'm gonna brag for a second yeah go ahead i mean the stuff on here is awesome i'm looking through the card gallery i think that's what attracted us to it in the first place was just how professional it looked like you see a lot of games spent new game companies either especially going on kickstarter the art looks fine, but it's not yours. Is like top of the line art. Like it's not even a question. It doesn't look like a brand new company. It's, it's obviously you've got a really good artist in the in the pocket there. Fake it till you make it. So <laughs> yeah, we, we we put a lot of time in 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 working with our artists, and we got a whole mix. We got a mix of professionals, students, uh, hobbyists. Uh, we even had a girl who was in high school last time, right? Nice. She her, she had to get her work. She had to finish her work in between like remote learning and stuff <laughs> like that, right? Uh, but building up that art team to really, you know, tell stories with the art and, 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 and build that world and show more about Redline besides just the freaks, like the people that live here and what do the cities look like and aircraft and Redline. They, they're they there, you know, what do they look like? So it's just getting that art. But, you know, to get a lot of good art, you need a lot of relationships. So yeah. that's part of it. Uh, working with our printer who makes our miniatures and building that relationship up. So like I said, we got 
we've got the systems in place that we're pretty confident we can knock things out pretty quickly now. The the hard part is making the car, like designing the cards, but getting things produced and made and shipped should be super super fast now. So that's the, that's the least of the worries. Yeah, like, yeah. so you got the foundation built. Now you just have to keep adding. Yeah, and that's the fun part and you know, we're you know, that, that's the exciting thing is to where do we go from here? But it's just again trying to trying to go slow and um do it the right way and and build for the long term instead of just trying to rush something out quick for the sake of saying you got it done yeah. quick. Sure. And uh, we're not joking. Uh, if you really are curious to see what the art is, go to uh redlinegame.com and just kind of look to the card art. I'm looking through uh the card gallery and that bunker picture is really awesome. The hidden ambush picture is really cool. I got it and I got I got it. I see I know all the art that's coming. <laughs> so like if you were if you were impressed by what came before and, and what we call the core set, uh Redline Siege is, is is taking it to another level. Like the art team really knocking really, out the product. Really nice, but see that's awesome. Nice. The, the new Freet designs are solid. Uh, and we treat those like the characters in our games. So we make sure every Efreet gets on a card or two and they look awesome. And so it's just like, yeah, the art is great. Uh, but Siege really, really has has stepped it up from where we started from. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. We can't, uh, can't wait to get in our hands. We got to, uh, wh- when do you think, uh, do you have any clue about uh, when backers will start getting it? So uh, this, the shipment should be arrive, I think, June 9th. And now that I said it, it's going to get delayed again. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so as soon as it gets here, it's just going to take some time to get off the docks. Yeah. Um, best case scenario, I mean, I'm in Arizona, so I'm not too far from the coast. Um, I'm hoping maybe around like June 15th we can start getting it shipped. Uh, that's kind of if everything falls in place, but we're due for some good luck. Uh, but if not, then it should be pretty soon afterwards. And then the idea is to get the game in people's hands. They can start to play it. And then, again, to follow up on that expandable card game promise um, to launch the Kickstarter for Seed shortly after. And we're going to be doing uh, spoiling the new set uh, very shortly as well so players can kind of see what's coming is when they get their hands on the product too. Nice. Are you adding any new rules with the Seed set? I'm sure you might have mentioned that. I think I might have missed if you said you were not. Yeah, just very few. Uh, again, being an expandable card game, we're not rewriting the playbook. We're just adding. We're not even really adding chapters to it yet. Um, but the the way you interact with missions can change a little bit. Um, there's three new mechanics, keyworded mechanics in the new set on top of the old ones. Okay. Uh, and so these are extra abilities that you can give your freets and that you can use to build decks around. Uh, but really, so there's three keyword mechanics. But when you add in the two mission mechanics, it's probably about five in total. Okay. Yeah. Um, so and that's not a good too much to uh, learn. Yeah. No, the game is su- if again if you've played any any card game in the last couple of years, you should be able to pick it up and play it pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you draw seven, you drop one land a turn. We call them resources. You expand, which is our version of tapping or paying for things. So it, it, it's got a very um, the 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 card game core is very solid and strong, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but really, it's the combat that is is really different and unique because combat is simultaneous. Uh, combat involves maneuver, 
So you can go a couple turns dodging the enemy and having no fighting at all because uh, your ships in the night, you keep missing each other. And that's part of the strategy. Like, am I strong now? Do I want to engage? Right? Do I want to... Do I want to meet head-to-head and fight my opponent? Do I need to try and avoid them? So while you're planning your maneuvers, you also have to anticipate what is your opponent thinking? Where are they going? And again, do we want to meet and fight? Or sometimes you bump into each other by accident. (laughs) Gettysburg style. (laughs) And and, uh, you have a throwdown like that. So it really really opens up a whole level of strategy. You just don't have in other card games because yeah. it's just trench warfare. Uh, but Redline has, you know, if, if you're in a bad spot, you could totally outplay your opponent uh, if you can just be a little wily and uh, smart with your resources. That's why I always found a problem with magic is you put you put down a weak creature and he gets killed right away. You don't get time to build up if somebody gets a big creature right away. So this sounds like you, you can, even if you put down a weak or a freak, he'd be able to avoid and so you can build your army up before he gets wiped out. Yeah, exactly. If if, if you got a weak guy that you'd probably want to try and um, you could either keep him at base. He doesn't do anything or send him off on a mission where you don't think there's going to be any action. Right. Yeah. Uh, Light of freaks have like a scout ability. Um, when we built the game and as you mentioned, you know, weak guys, you know, sometimes they get outclassed pretty well, pretty quickly in a game. They're useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, we don't, yeah, you got to have your scouts. You got to get your recon. So these little guys can still kind of go off on their own operations away from the big fight, and they can still contribute. And a lot of them have abilities that will boost your entire squad. And and they're usually faster, so they're a little more harder to hit. So they still have value even late game. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to build a, a well-rounded force, but uh, just because it's turn six doesn't mean a one drop still can't contribute in the game. It totally can. Yeah, it's cool. But that sounds, was important. We, we built it that one. Yeah, it sounds fun. Like, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> it, is, it, 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 is, it is fun when you get two people going at it and you're trying to outthink and, you know, you, you get bad beats and sometimes, you know, you got long odds, but mm-hmm. you, pull, you pull off an amazing shot or something like that happens. Uh, combat is really interesting because there, there's, there's so much... Not in a bad way, but just unpredictability. Things can go really wrong really quick. Like in Battletech, I mean, a headshot will end any game really quickly, right? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Or, um, you know, sometimes you can really be the hero and just dance around your opponent. They can't hit you for, for no what They just can't hit you, and you can uh, survive a little bit longer than you probably should have. Yeah, it's cool. It's part of the fun. Cool. Uh, anything else, uh, Pat? You got any more questions? I don't. I mean, he was. Uh, we got things coming out. We got a a, a, a tentative date. I'm not going to say set date because that would be. Uh, we got new artwork. We got a TRO. Anything else coming down the pipeline for other than the expansion, like um, digital stuff? Digital stuff, like uh, another short story, or anything? Before so we got the, a couple couple short stories. They, they, I'm I'm a. I'm not a great writer, but I'm also a slow writer. So it just takes a long time, uh, especially right now with Siege getting ready to drop. Um, I, I was hoping I could maybe get another story out there because I got so many ideas. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to have time. But like I said, there's we got some fans in the community that, that want to you know do their own stories. And, and I've had some proposals for like a, a novel already, which is a really cool idea for a story. Um, again, it's just can't do everything at once we got to do it slow 
the technical readout. I'm really glad you guys enjoyed that. We have a bunch of new Afrites coming into the universe. Uh, there's a good chance we may expand the DRO. I don't know if that means we do an add-on, uh, a separate one, or do expand by, uh, what we have. Do it by uh, call the next one Siege. Yeah, do show us the new ones. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We okay. The first, the first one we called 2060. They, you know, throw it well, back. Has the time we, time moved up it, it, with the new expansion, or is it still 2060? It could be 2060 Siege. It's still, it's still 2060. But we might you know. We could probably just do a, a DRO Siege. We'll see. We we got some ideas, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But the Kickstarter, we'll have it figured out by the Kickstarter, and 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 maybe you might be happy. I do love the idea of uh, giving all your expansions a name, like so, so it is identifiable. Because there's nothing worse than you're, you're playing uh, certain card games and they just put out new expansions. You're like, okay, which one is this? Is this come from? You know, you got to figure out where everything's from. But I like the idea of having it named. You can thank my partner for that. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> do the boring wave one, and he's yeah, like, we should it. probably give it a name. No, I love like, the you know, names. It's a good idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, naming is the way to go. That's for sure. No, it, it was the right call. And um, siege kind of ties into some of the new mechanics, so it, mm-hmm. it's not a random name. And um, as the game goes on, you know, we can use that to maybe tell some stories. So an expand, you know, it again, there's, you got so many ideas when you are building something and uh, you just got to wait for it to play out. But yeah, a name is a good idea and it just makes it more flavorful. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds cool. It it and the logo looks cool. And oh. like I said, it, it ties into all the new See, stuff. Now, so. we're, now we're excited. <laughs> well, this is the time because it's going to be real, real red line busy here really soon. So um, it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, we can't wait because uh, you guarantee we'll be talking about it a lot on the show because <laughs> we're we're so jazzed about it. And I appreciate it. you guys again. You guys were the first podcast that I came on to, and I was just a little no name guy, maybe with some decent looking Macs. And <laughs> you brought me on the show, and you guys have been big fans ever since, and and promoting the Kickstarter and telling people and, and to bring me back here. And uh, I, I appreciate that, and I'm 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 glad you're excited, and I want to reward that and. Um, um, make it worth make it worth the investment because there's so many games out there I know uh, and really to it's an investment if you're gonna you know pick up a game and get into it you could be playing anything else so how do you spend that time uh, hopefully if it's a red line you feel like you you got something out of it so that's what we're trying to do awesome yeah well thank you I mean it's uh, it's been our pleasure actually uh, when you when you do all the right things it's not hard to to be excited about some things you know again it's at the end of the day i'm just a big dork who <laughs> played way too many games growing up and just you know it's it's been a blast it's been a ton of work and a lot of late nights and a lot of just you know nervousness is this gonna work and is people gonna like it but again it's just it's a way to be creative uh through building cards and, yeah. and the story and working <laughs> with people um, I enjoy that, and so it's just been really. Um, it's never once seemed like work because uh, I just I do it in my spare time because I just really do enjoy it. So hopefully, uh, people who are on the fence when they get to see the actual product come out and see people playing it, they'll uh, want to join in and get their own set of cards. And by the time the second Kickstarter around, we'll hopefully have a more more of a player base. Exactly. So to wrap it up, uh, check out redlinegame.com. 
Com, you can see all the miniatures we have available right now. Uh, you can't really play the game with the miniatures, but all of uh, our model, all of our freets are 3D already. So why not make them as these really, and they're, they are 128 scale, 28 millimeter bases. So they are oh. Battletech scale, exactly. <laughs> I'm um, definitely putting them on the table when we play the card game, though. <laughs> oh, they look, they look, they look, they make great, uh, people said they want to use them for like mercenary factions or for their own little pirate factions because they look close enough, but they're not designs anyone's going to recognize. And yeah, we also, uh, big fans of, uh, games like, uh, Mecha Hack too, where if any, any minute, any, uh, Mac minute yep. you can get so you can use. So we're definitely going to be throwing them into other games too. Yeah, they, they'll go on the shelf, and no one's going to know any different. They look great. Uh, you get, the core set is currently available there right now, and uh, as soon as that gets here, uh, we're shipping. The uh, core set comes with the upgrade pack. That's a free gift we're giving to all of these uh, our first backers and um, gamers, so it's limited to the, to the first 500 copies of the Redline core set. Uh, and when it's gone, it's gone. So these are alternate art versions of unprinted cards as of yet. Uh, maybe they'll be collectible. We'll see. But after 500, it's gone. They're gone. And then again, uh, pay attention uh, because we got the siege spoilers uh, dropping probably the next three weeks. And uh, pull back the curtain and share the new set, these awesome new Afrites and uh, all the uh, – deck building and, and gaming opportunities that lay in wait. So the Kickstarter is coming soon and uh, definitely check that out too. It's yeah, going to be awesome. cool. Look for announcement on the Molnar Radio Facebook group. Uh, we'll definitely be letting people know when this goes live. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, Cameron, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and chit chat about uh, what we are excited about is going to be an awesome card game. Oh, I, <laughs> I've been sitting on this for so long. It's so nice to finally share with people, um, you know, the the, uh, the, uh, the our labor of love that we've been working on here. So uh, super exciting. It's going to be it's going to be a really fun summer. So strap in. There you awesome. go. And uh, as always, you're always welcome to come along and uh, talk about the next big thing for Redline. We'll talk about the next I, expansion. <laughs> it can even talk about unrelated red line stuff. So that's <laughs> that too. It's, it's just fun to get out. It's COVID. It, I don't, I don't get out very much. So yeah. <laughs> it's nice to get out. Even if it's online. Perfect. I right. appreciate it guys. Thank you. So, so uh, Thank you. you uh, redline card game.com or was it? Redline, like? game. Uh, redline game, redline game.com for the game. Saving throw studios is the people who make it. Cameron Duker is the man and uh, check out the stuff. It looks good. All right. <laughs> Thank All right. Thanks, Cameron. Let's exfil out of here. Okay, Cameron, thanks for that great interview, and we're looking for uh, more great things from Saving Throw Studios. I'm very excited for my Kickstarter redline to come soon. <laughs> Question mark? Damn China and their uh, shipping. <laughs> so I hope, I, I hope they keep up with the good work with keeping the stories going. Things like that. Um, yeah, I always look forward for those things. I don't know about you guys. Yep, oh, absolutely. Excited. excited. All right. Well, I guess now it's time for the X-Fill, uh, as we already started already. But, you know, <laughs> it's always good to introduce the the bit midway through. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep them on their Professionals. toes. Professionals. Professionals. That, that, that's why we, we play it like we don't remember 
the show titles to make sure they're paying attention. They're like, That's wait a minute, they're in the wrong I mean, section. you can go to any podcast if you want to be follow the same order over and over again, <laughs> things like that. But you come here for the spontaneity. The right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you come here for the unprofessionalism and the spontaneity. Yep. It's all part of the ploy. That's why we're so professional. We seem unprofessional. <laughs> uh, so, oh my God. So this next episode coming up, well, next month is going to be June. So, Editor's note. We obviously can't tell what month it is either because the next episode is actually July. So there you go. It's time flying. That's half the year already. Jesus. The first season. episode of season four. Yep. Yeah. Exciting. You can't wow. wait. You can't wait for season four. Although I think last episode we said it was the end of season three, we lied. This is the end of season three. We, we once yeah. again we can't count. So yeah, well, That's, it was a two part finale. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> two part, <laughs> and then we'll have the crossover with uh, Magnum PI next week. Yeah, yeah. Season. There you go. Maybe, maybe the budget will be bigger this season. Oh, so then you're saying like we can get a crossover with the Love Boat? No, we can actually hire good announcers. Oh. <laughs> Great. Who will know what segment we're going to be in? They'll just announce it for us and we'll just go right there. That's right. That's the thinking. There you go. (laughs) Well, from Mobile Bomb Radio, thanks for listening. I've been Chopper. I've been Brian. And I'm Rob. See you next time. (laughs) Night, everybody. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at M Armor Radio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.